Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the Vason Nordic Horror Role-Playing Rules by Free League Publishing. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. Strong language, mature scenes, and Thursday's children are on the way. And now, on to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Old Ways, where, once again, we are playing The Friend, The Fiend, and The Shadow of the Night, a mystery for Vason, the Nordic horror role-playing game from Freer Legan. And without any further ado, let's see who we have at the table. To my right. Hi, this is Mike, and I play Father Eric Sorensen, who's a bit, a little bit upset after the last game. He's a, he's a little frustrated with, uh, well, the We'll just say the idolatry of bread. And to Mike's right. Hi, this is Miranda and I play Marta. And Marta's just hoping she gets to pummel some vampires this go around. And to Miranda's right. Hi, this is John. I'll be playing Sven Anderson, a simple hunter and hater of werewolves. And last, but definitely not least. Hi, I'm Nate. I'm playing retired detective Nickel Doppler. And I've just stepped in to have a quiet conversation and contemplation at the local church. So, yes, yes, indeed, Nicole, you have been uh, ushered into uh, this uh, this tiny little chapel, little more than a chapel, um, on the outskirts of the migrant district uh, to the east of Uppsala. There's a little vestry where you uh, you can sit, and uh, Father Petra Truster, who uh, is the uh, the priest uh, of that particular church, um, and he tends to his flock of uh, uh, who, who pretty much predominantly consist of these workers who have travelled from all over uh, to come and find opportunities here in Uppsala. He sits you down, gives you a cup of warm tea, and he asks you a simple question, which is, uh, what do you know of the creature they call the vampire? Father, I've heard of many different creatures, but this one is unfamiliar to me. Mm. Yes, yes. uh, It is uh, common in my country and uh, the eastern lands. Uh, But I suppose uh, you you here in in Scandinavia, you have... uh, you have different uh, tales, uh, different stories, different uh, uh, folklore, uh, uh, creatures of your own that uh, that hide in the shadows, uh, in the depths of the forest and uh, deep in the sea, yes? Absolutely. It is teeming with life that uh, is the kind of life that we interact with special. Mm, yes, you, uh, you have an... Uh, uh, an affinity, huh? I have a, a feeling for these things, a second sight. Hmm? Some would say, yes, Father. Yes, yes. Of course, as a man of God, I, uh, well, I look to heaven and I look to hell. These creatures, they are in between, in the, the gray area, you might say. But hmm, that is, that is a conversation for another day. Tell me, 
you you saw the body of this uh, his girl uh, Milena, yes? Did we managed to make small observation and investigation. Apparently, one of uh, several such children that had been caught up. It was very mysterious, Father, I must say. The child, um, not the, the adult, but um, in my mind, uh, a young girl. Uh, she looked to be almost in joy, yet dead upon the ground, her skin white, pale, no blood at all at the crime scene, and also uh, from the cursory examination, no blood in the body either. Quite unmarked other than a, a bare puncture wound that we found upon the body, and, and in the alley where we found her father, no, my detective eyes, this is most troubling, no, no seemingly sense of the scuffle, the violence, there, nor any evidence of her being dragged there. The things that are most common in these situations. No, no, that would not be. No, these creatures, they, they are strong, yes, but they do not, they do not use this strength unless they have to. They, they wield power of uh, um, seduction. Mm. They can cloud your mind, bring you to them as if it is your heart's desire to be in their embrace. But no, you must not mistake. They, uh, they take the blood. You will not have seen any because there will not have been any other than uh, that which uh, may have been spilled. A few drops, perhaps. Uh, let, let me... Let me tell you a story, if I may indulge an old man. <laughs> uh, you remember many years ago, a decade or more now, uh, the cholera epidemic that swept across Europe and uh, the East. We suffered from it in Russia greatly. Many, many people died. Uh, I traveled the land myself and trying to bring some some comfort to the bereaved and to those that were passing over. Um, on my journey, I met a young medical officer, name of uh, Ruliston. Uh, he he was uh, frantic, frantic with fear, and, and he claimed that uh, a girl of the village, Justina Yushkov, she was called, uh, yes, that she had not died of this disease, as was thought, but that she was, in fact, a, a creature known as a strigoita, um, an evil spirit. Yes, yes, what you might call a, a vampire. Uh, this thing is a living corpse which takes its sustenance uh, from the blood uh, of uh, you or I, yes. Well, he managed to convince uh, the townsfolk to exhume the girl so that they could check her body. But uh, when it was lifted from the grave, what they saw was that her mouth, it was lying wide open. This, this is taken as a sign. She was indeed uh, this vampire, Stilgoitja. In accordance with their tradition, they drove a stake through her mouth 
to prevent her from rising from the grave. They left her graveside satisfied that it had been dealt with, yet it's barbaric act. It, it, it turned my stomach. A man of God, you understand. These these ancient superstitious ways, uh, they are they are not seemly. Uh, so I reported the incident to the local judge. Now, I fear that nothing will have come of it, for this superstition, it is, it is strong in our people. Yeah? If they believe, then they will do whatever they can to overcome these evils, yes? Take whatever steps they think necessary. And there are rituals, there are uh, rites, there are uh, signs and symbols, uh, all of these, these things that they believe will uh, end the, the evil, will subdue it, control it, uh, destroy it. Hmm. Father, did it did it work then? The the stake through the mouth? Did it stop it? If it worked or not worked, it is hard to say. The girl was not seen again. I traveled on not long after, but uh, if she was just a poor innocent girl, then her, her body was defiled by these people. But if what they say was true and she was this thing, this dark creature from hell, then, yes, I suppose it was destroyed. But t- t- tell, tell me, son. My son, you, you, you spoke of others. I, it is not you alone that is looking into these deaths. Am I right? I have several companions. We have taken up residence in the castle, Gillenkreutz. All of us with our own talents, but all of us with the same talent to see and perceive these these creatures that walk amongst us that others do not. And they know what they face here? No, no, no. This is the first all of us have heard of it. Unless unless the others know and have not mentioned, but I know. I believe this is new information for all of us. Well, what do you intend to do now? Hmm? It is our duty to put an end to this murder. I feel a responsibility to this child in the alley and also the other victims that have not had their murders been properly investigated and adjudicated. And this is obviously not a, it is not an event for the court systems and the police systems of the regular world. No, the police will round up the usual suspects, no doubt. They will make an arrest. They will have a trial and a conviction, but I am a man of God. My soul is, I pray, destined for heaven, but I am an old man, and it is hard for me to distance myself from these old stories. I tell myself that uh, it is just superstition, it is just tales, it is myth, legend, nothing more. But still a little voice inside me, perhaps the voice of my myself when I was a boy, and I heard these tales for the first time, uh, tells me that uh, perhaps there is something in them after all. I assure you, Father, I can attest that there are we also serve a service of not immediately vilifying these 
other creatures as anything not as often immediately thought of as, what would you say, unholy, evil. We've also found it's not the case, but this appears very clear. You say these are murdering creatures of the night. Well, it is perhaps a little more complicated than that. Uh, There are many forms of these creatures, you understand. It is not... uh, uh, simple black and white. Yes, it is not uh, one thing or another. It is hard to explain. But, uh, these undead, as they call them, they have many faces. They have many guises. They have many aspects. Hmm? Perhaps it would be better if um, if I spoke with you all. Uh, with your associates as well, uh, your other, um, what do you call, companions hmm, from this castle. I think uh, I, I will. I will. I will fetch. I have books here in, in the church uh, with tales uh, come from the, the old country. And perhaps uh, if you gather together and come back later today, I. Uh, I could speak more of these things with you. We will do this thing. I will return and speak to my companions, and we will we will return. Very good, very good. Uh, I have my uh, ministry to attend to, uh, but uh, I, I hope to see you uh, a little later. Just as he's saying this, you you hear there seems to be some sort of a, a noise or commotion going on outside the church. The father can looks up. Oh, not again, not again, not again. Your congregation, father, or a problem? Uh, I think it is the police again. They come, they sweep around and harass people, ask questions, uh, threaten people. Uh, I will need to go and deal with this. Father, I have my own reasons to avoid your police, um... Perhaps I will make my quiet exit. Something you need to confess, my son? Perhaps at a more opportune time, Father, yes. Well, I hope to see you safe soon. And uh, again, you can hear the noise outside of um, voices raised in what sounds like um, not quite panic, but certainly uh, the sounds of uh, one side uh, forcing its way uh, around causing uh, some a uh, little bit of distress uh, amongst the people who live in the uh, uh, the, the tents and the well, little more than hovels really of this kind of area that you're in and you can make me a vigilance roll please if you would might i make this roll using my binoculars to give me a p- bonus to my vigilance when observing from a distance peering through a church window with your binoculars yes why not yes that's uh that would seem quite appropriate all right, I've got one five, two threes, two bunch of twos and ones. No successes then. Mm-mm. Would you like to push the roll? I think, given my already close experience with uh, a certain member of the police and my existing condition, I think I am going to retreat cowardly through the back of the church and try to find an exit in the opposite direction of this noise. As I've already, I've already met Gustav once this morning, 
and I do not need to push that any further. No, the fewer fewer um, opportunities you have to be in his company, the better, possibly. So you can slip out the back way through the church, and uh, you uh, going to head anywhere in particular when you leave? I'm going to make my way back to the castle. As I, we didn't make any plans. There was no rendezvous points set. So I'm going to make my way back to the castle, wait for my compatriots to rejoin, and then I would fill them all in and tell them about our date with the priest. Later today, maybe at, at night, you know, after sundown, seems appropriate. Okay, so yeah, it's probably coming on for uh, um, midday by now, maybe even early afternoon. But uh, let's go back a little bit to the a uh, little bit further west of where you are, back to the Vaxala Torg, where the others are standing on the corner of Salagatan Street um, after having, well, a couple of you have been in the in the bakery buying some fresh bread, and the other one has been uh, having a little snoop around the alleys and uh, also popped into the patisserie. Oh, Father, there's Sven over there. Ah, I'll uh, take a walk over towards Sven and say, uh, tell me uh, anything to report, anything interesting you may have found inside? Oh, the patisserie folk were kind. They were nice. They are... Uh don't understand where all the success for this their competitor has come from but they seem to think it is this boy that he has they don't seem to know his name that I recall but they say he's got a new employee and he's seems to be the key to success I'm not sure if he's perhaps a changeling of some kind maybe a maybe a little sorcerer or hedge witch but oh the boy that runs the front of the counter there is a definite sight it's almost Sickly is not the word for it. He's thin. Hard to be that thin when you're at the front line of a bakery. Surely not good for selling that you are the healthy proprietor of food, no. We take in money all the same, though. I mean, the line was impressive. And yet afterwards, the people do not seem as joyful uh, with their purchases as they did when they were standing in line. Yes, it's almost as if uh, someone blows a candle out, right? Just after they get the bread. Yes, that's a very good way of putting it. It is almost as though the um, energy and enthusiasm that they had uh, whilst they were queuing up, waiting to be served, has dissipated and disappeared by the time they leave the shop. So you can see from where you are standing, Father Sorensen, the, this patisserie that uh, Sven was visiting earlier on, and Quan de Paradis, uh, has several rather tasty looking uh, items in the uh, in the window on display um, and you can also see that uh, there are you know there's a kind of couple of little alleyways that uh, clearly lead around the the backs of the of the shops and Sven you'll have seen as well while you were are out there that you know there's uh, the odd kind of stray cat dog loping about there that's this is where the uh, the refuse bins are, are kept and that kind of thing um, but Marta, as you're all discussing this, uh, you happen to catch out the corner of your eye um, a little bit of movement in the bakery. There are still a few people around. Most people seem to have completed their purchases and moved on now. But uh, you see uh, the the door behind the, the counter open up and uh, a young man comes out from presumably from back where the actual bread is being baked because um, he's got this large tray 
um, of loaves and rolls that he kind of is almost struggling to, to get through through the door with. The baker, Tor, um, kind of nods at him as he, as, he, as he comes out with it and starts loading it up onto, uh, onto the shelves. You see this other young man that's been serving at the till. He's kind of, kind of looks at him and then you can make me, if you would, an observation test. See the interaction between these people. Ooh, one six. Yeah, the there seems to be some definite friction between these two. Um, the young lad that's come out, he's um, he, he's not particularly tall. He's uh, got long, dark hair, almost sort of shoulder length hair. Um, it's not really in the in the style of, uh, of Uppsala, but uh, you know, he's it's quite possible he's a he's a migrant as as well there, because quite a lot of them have uh, different wear their hair in different ways, wear their you know, clothes in different styles and that kind of thing. But yeah, he's um, definitely he seems to be nervous of the the guy behind the till. You, you get that definite impression that there is a uh, there's there's a relationship there, a slightly antagonistic relationship there. And um, just then, one of the customers, a young woman, maybe sort of early twenties or so, she makes her purchase, and uh, the the boy at the till seems to be um, kind of quite um, friendly with her, more so than he has been with some of the other customers and uh, yeah you get the impression that he's kind of looking her up and down and then the the young lad that's come out in the back the back of the shop as he's putting the the bread up on the shelves the two young men catch each other's eyes and and you you really get a definite feeling that there's a a, a situation that's not particularly comfortable between the the two of them it's almost like the the young lad at the till um, was admiring the girl as she came in and the other fellow caught sight of this and the, the boy at the till wasn't too happy happy about it it was a kind of a mind your own business kind of look you give him am i in a place that is close enough or convenient enough where i could sneak like pop in and offer to help the boy that's stocking the other bread maybe hold the tray for him well, he's sort of still behind the counter while he's doing that. So, so that most of the bread is is stored actually behind the counter uh, rather than uh, rather than the front. So, so people don't don't pick their own bread off the shelf. They'll point point to a loaf behind the counter, and then it'll be taken off the shelf for them and, and uh, wrapped up in, in newspaper or in paper. Gotcha. Okay, I think Marta's instinct then is to kind of clock this girl that he's been giving the eye to and knowing that there is something strange going on with these boys would be to follow her and see where she's going. I don't want to say the word bait, but Sven would use the word bait. Of course he would. (laughs) It's um, prey is more than bait, I guess, because bait is intentional. Whereas we're just following the same prey. Hmm. So yeah, she, she makes her purchase the young lad, once he's finished stocking the, the shelves, doesn't take him very long. He kind of heads back into the back of the shop, and you you do notice that the the, the lad at the till he kind of watches the girl as she goes out of out of the shop, maybe kind of eyeing her up as she walks down the street, and she heads uh, across the across the square up to the sort of um, other other corner of the square. Do you want to follow her across there? Or? Yeah, and I would probably give Father Sorensen and Sven like a head nod in the direction of that girl. 
so that they would know where I was going if they wanted to follow as well. Yeah, I, I think I'd be happy to follow along to see where Marta had, if she'd picked up on. But I, I think Father Sorensen is very noticeably going to give her three or four steps of, of lead. In his experience, um, it might be a little best to let um, those who are better at hunting have their space. So he, he doesn't want to trip her up. Uh, and in that way, too, if someone ends up picking up on what Marta is traveling on, he can make sure that he can watch her back properly. And what about Sven? As you see the Marta and then the father start following this girl across the square. Sven is going to... He doesn't really know this area terribly well, so he's going to stick with the father. And he's just not going to make much talk, but he's just going to... Mm, mm. Any kind of, kind of conversation is just, mm, yeah. This young woman, she carries on uh, across the square. She kind of nods and says hello to a couple of people um, as she goes. And she goes up one of the streets along the, the to the north of the square, follows that along for, for a little bit. And then you can see that she's coming into an area where there are a few more um, people. Uh, looks like people live around this kind of area. There's a few little houses here that um, have been occupied. They're not in great condition, and there's quite a lot of people living in each one of them. Uh, and she goes in through the door of, uh, of one of the houses, so sort of nods to somebody as she goes in. Um, you get the impression that maybe maybe she was uh, collecting a loaf for breakfast for her family. Yeah, so knowing where she lives now, um, we can come back later if we need to, to follow the prey, but I'll fall back and kind of convey the information to Father Eric and Sven of what I saw in the bakery with the one gentleman eyeing her up and down and it not sitting well with the other one because we could follow up with the other one after the bakery is closed as well. Yes, it's uh, that's a fair idea. I don't like the look of that boy at the counter and if he's, well, if he's thinking ill or perhaps... Uh, Lustful thoughts, perhaps uh, a good talk with uh, a man of the cloth could do him well. So once you've established where uh, where this woman's gone to, what would you like to do then? Is there anything else you want to investigate? or How long do we anticipate the bakery being open? You would uh, imagine that it'll probably be open most of the day. So it might be best for us to come back later. We do have some nice meat at home, possibly. If it made its way there to eat. Also pastries. Indeed. It is getting getting on for lunchtime. So head back to the castle then is probably my, my first idea, if nothing else, than to check on if the meat delivery has actually taken place. And if those urchins have moved in. Right. Which is also possible. So you can head back to the castle. Um, again, it takes you maybe 20 minutes or so um, to get back there. When you arrive... Uh, uh, Owl got Frisk informs you that uh, a young whippersnapper has uh, arrived with um, a bag of meat, expecting a few coins in recompense. Um, and he has taken it down to the kitchens to have it prepared for some lunch for you. The cook will do you uh, a hot pot or something that night. Wonderful. Glad to see the boys uh, made it here. So I, I suppose then... Um, we may, in fact, run into Nickel when he returns. He will indeed return not not long after um, you uh, you reconvene at the uh, at the castle. There uh, is the sound of the door opening and closing, and um, Nickel, yes, you 
find your other Thursday's children waiting, chatting, maybe having a glass of something in the castle. Oh, good, good. We're all, we're all here. We're all reconvened. Seeing Nickel walk in the door, uh, Sven slides some coins across the table to Marta. Do we see that? Oh, oh, it's not subtle. Once again, flaunting your, your amazing wealth in front of me. Maybe if you get a job you are good at, eh? Speaking of a job that I'm good at, Sven, I'll sit down, look around. Some bowls of stew are provided for you uh, as well. I don't know how you all got along, but I had a wonderful chat with a, another man of the cloth, and I look towards the father. We've got a meeting with him. He seems to be pretty convinced that we face something he referred to as a vampire, and also as a stroiger. Neither of these ring any bells with me. Either of any of you have heard of these things? Yeah, I, I guess that would be a good question for um, our storyteller then. Uh, what, what, if anything, may have the father heard of um, such things? Why don't you make me a learning test? And I'm looking for minimum of two successes here to have any knowledge of this. Can we all make a learning test? You can, absolutely, yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, I only got one success. Yep, same, just one. No successes for Marta. Okay, so this um, this name doesn't uh, really mean anything to you. It's not something you've heard before. Well, your uh, other friendly man of the cloth must, uh, have, must have done some reading I haven't. I'm interested to hear what he has to say. It seemed that he might have had even... Uh, Direct encounter, uh, maybe one removed, but uh, a direct encounter with something uh, similar to this creature. But the, the bloodless nature, the the joy on the face, all of those things uh, was was familiar to him, um, and he felt trustworthy to me and asked us to return after services uh, together so that we could all hear more of this creature. Uh, he did convey. Um, uh, uh, a stake through the mouth as a means to stop the thing, which seems barbaric, but also uh, charmingly effective, I guess. So, Yeah, I, th- I think when Nichols says a stake through the mouth, the father's eyes get real wide. And he says, uh, that seems that seems very brutal, but I confess my, my dreams of late have had such brutality in them. I seem to remember a, a woman being exhumed and dealt with in a very terrible way. Oh, it's very familiar to the story the, uh, the, the, the Russian priest told of. Like many of you, I had a turbulent past before coming to the castle here. Unfortunately, sometimes I wonder if these memories come while I sleep. They, they mill about in my head like some butler dusting an old library. But there does seem to be a through line, yes? Um, These, what did he call them? Vampires? These creatures, yes? They they took this woman's blood in some way, some sort of mark, almost like a bite of sort. But they've, they've taken from this woman her life essence, left a smile on her placid face. There must be some way to track them. 
They must leave some other footprint, yes? But it is strange, too, to hear of them leaving the smile. We saw similar impacts on the mood of the people today. We found our concerned citizen, Nickel, uh, the butcher in town is the one who wrote us the letter. He's concerned about, well, how the police aren't dealing with the murders. And also, there's some strange things going on at the bakery. There's bread and pastries laid out on the table. I stab another piece of bread and then hold it in the air, gesturing with it. The bread is good, but the strangeness is the feeling that is left at the counter after purchase. Something's amiss there. People are seem overwhelmed with anticipation in line waiting for this bread. And then once they leave, it has been completely drained from them. The, the, the emotion has been drained from them, you say? Yes. Hmm. As if it's taken right out of their bodies. So as you're saying this, you recall that the young woman that you followed, she did seem to exhibit this same kind of enthusiasm and then perhaps um, a slightly more subdued air as uh, her shoulders were uh, kind of uh, a little bit um, maybe hunched over. She was maybe not walking quite as uh, quickly and with such vigor as she was um, when leaving the shop. But this seemed to leave her as she walked across the square. And by the time she got home, she was um, she seems to be in a fairly um, fairly convivial kind of a mood. Uh, the baker did hire a new worker recently that may coincide with the murders. Um, he seems to not get along well with the other employee there, the other boy, and I'll be honest, he 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 was looking at a woman that in a way that made me uncomfortable. Oh, is this the one you followed home? Uh, yes. Uh, so we do know where the woman is. I'm slightly concerned that if the boy is behind this that she might be next his entire cheeks are moving as he's contemplating an idea and he's like um are these maybe some kind of sorcerer boys who made a deal with the devil or a fae or who knows what and they they can choose blood or life blood or emotion and they they have favorites <laughs> He's just like, they. maybe they both are, and they have competing desires. It might not, might not be that the boy at the counter is draining them, but simply that the interaction with whatever kind of creature he is, is exhausting to them. Father said undead and unlife and living in, in the gray between alive and dead. Almost, uh, I've heard of a revenants and such, not encountered any such thing, do not know if it is a story or if there's truth to it. But he made mention of this undeath, Sven, and also made mention of the different faces it puts on. I, I'm getting the sense that there's a lot of hunger involved in all of this, and the appetites, they seem to vary just as... I might like this delicious bun, but not the sweet roll. Maybe these undead vary their appetite. It would be key to existing in the society undetected. Mm. Any monsters do so. Certainly, but I would 
I would caution us against correlation implying that this is the cause. We must have evidence. Of course. A second idea. They can feed on emotions, they can feed on the blood. They must feed on the people. What if his hand kind of hovers over his mug of beer and he's like, what if by freeing the spirits and giving the food, they keep the people happy and healthy-ish, ish. Happiness will regenerate with time, but that just makes them healthier for the next harvest. Kind of like, uh, kind of like keeping your stock in a woodland from being overhunted. It's or overpreyed upon. You get rid of the wolf so that the deer can prosper, so that you can kill the deer. Or in this case, you free up more grassland for the deer, so that you can kill the deer. Be more accurate. If it is true that this boy may have done some sort of mark, isn't a mark at all. What if he is simply grazing before feasting? He is taking what he needs in the moment, undetected, so that way, later on, he can draw her attention. You said that he um, he was Father Sorensen looks probably a little probably a little sheepish to mention such things but he he, he was a little flirtatious perhaps? don't know if I would consider it flirtatious. Alright um, um, if the boy had done it to you Marta what would you have, have considered it? It looked as if he was considering her in a way that she wasn't thinking about him a a look of desire Hmm. not reciprocated do you think she picked up on that if she did pick up on it she didn't show it or or openly invited or reciprocated in any way we need more information and I think this father uh, could give us that when would he be by he asked us to return uh, after his evening service so he didn't. He didn't actually specify exactly when 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 return. But um, if uh, if that's the um, information, Nicole is uh, wishing to pass on to me. He said after he tended his flock, which I immediately assumed was so. So uh, what what he what he meant by that, and uh, maybe uh, Nicole picked up a different meaning to, to the one he intended, was that he was he was going out to speak to the people outside the church. But yes, absolutely, there will have been an evening service as well. Well. I would like to save our evening for hunting whatever might come after this girl. And so if we can make our way to the father first, then that might be within everyone's interest. So finish up your stew and um, prepare yourself for a long night. So once you've uh, had a a little stew to eat, Sven, are you uh, going to, uh, are you going to partake of the pastries that you purchased? Or are you going to share them around? Yes, yes, absolutely. Everybody gets one. He's like, I bought a variety. I'm not sure what's good. Some are fancier than anything I've ever had, but... Uh... Sven, is is it correct? These are the pastries from this bakery, which you just told me the story that they possibly are feeding on their clientele. Is this the same pastry? No, that is the bread you ate with your supper. Okay. The, okay. These are from the bakery, the patisserie next door, which is being put out of bakery. By There's them. a different bakery, and that's what these are from. It's a patisserie. I thought they were the same, but they're different. Ah, uh, okay, okay. But to be clear, we 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 ate all the bakery goods from the the mysterious bakery already at lunch. That is what we chose to do. Yes. I just 
because it was delicious. And does anyone thinking back on that perhaps consider that? Ah, it'd be fine. I'm sure it's fine. I, I bless the bread, Nickel. What's the problem? Then gestures to the priest. He's like, see. So you you share out the um, these pastries, these uh, gorgeous sweet treats for uh, after your uh, your hearty stew, and as you do so, you can't help but notice there's there's a strange smell, and it, it's it's like it's like the cream's gone off. And when each of you take your first bite into these pastries, there's a definite taste of staleness to these. The the cream is slightly sour and leaves a a slightly unpleasant aftertaste. And the pastry itself, it doesn't taste quite right. I sort of look around at the collective faces that I see. I don't know how to eat them in France, but... Uh... Sven, these make my stomach bubble. I do not understand these pastries. And Sven's thinking back to his like interactions with the baker and how in the store everything looked really good. This does not make sense. I, The cream is even yellow compared to when I bought it. It's almost uh, like the, the, the pastry, the cream, had, had been sitting out on a warm day all day. Maybe from even longer than that when when you bought them there was no hint of this at all they were you know they were they were they, they smelled fresh and delicious but now no not not so much do i think i could use the the i don't want to say the, the chemical kit we have but the the kit we have to to do some sort of investigation on this uh, bread you absolutely could yeah i sort of i sort of stand up and, and say look at the pastries i'm not eating another bite of this and i don't suggest you do either uh, and I will, uh, I will go to uh, my offices, welcoming the rest of them with me. As you know, the spectacles go on, and the beakers and and other finery begin to be used. Well, the chemical equipment specifically is to determine cause of death with investigation. Um, but I think you could use it for that. So yeah, make me an investigation roll at the plus one. That is two successes. Excellent. So the first thing that your chemical analysis of, of these pastries tells you is that they're not pastries. Well, not entirely pastries. There's vegetable matter, animal matter in them. It's a little bit confusing. It's almost like these pastries are breaking down. It's, it's almost like they're decomposing at an accelerated pace. And what they're decomposing into is not what you'd expect a pastry to be made of. And you can make me a learning test, Father. Oh, I have a funny feeling I don't want to roll, but I'm going to anyway. <laughs> uh, learning, you say. That's uh, five dice. Maybe I'll get one. Uh, are you suffering from a, a mental condition as well? Uh, I am, yes. Yep, but I still have one. One success. Excellent. And as you're as you're um, gathering these results together, a little memory starts surfacing in the back of your mind, and it's a memory that you maybe don't really want to think about too much, because the transmutation of matter from one form into another form—that's like witchcraft. Yeah. 
Yeah, and of course, the father's memory is going to go immediately back to some memories he's probably covered up and and, uh, and uh, locked away, hoping not to have to think about. But he's he's sort of imagining himself back inside that closet, smelling things, hearing things, and then you all probably see his face sort of turn, not just at the investigating of the this decomposing pastry but he seems genuinely I guess he seems hurt and um, he stands up straight and turns to the group and says with a sheer strength of, of will and says this is witchcraft and he sort of tosses it onto a nearby table as almost as if he wants to, to never touch it again. Sven, who's been leaning against a wall because he doesn't know anything that's been done over there. He leaves the detective and the priest to do these things. He's just like, he spits at the mention of witchcraft. And he's like, ah, sorcery, eh? a, a hex on them or made by them? It's hard to determine immediate, but I would say, given what I know, of your encounter with the uh, owner of the shop. My guess is a hex has been put on their food. Blood drinker, emotion drinker, and witches? What? What is going on in this town? We must get to the bottom of it. You see the... Eric, you see Father Sorensen rub his arm? Almost as if he's got a stiff muscle. Are you okay, Father? You seem impacted by this. I had a very close call with witchcraft when I was younger. It led me to God, where I should have been the whole time. He turns to, to Marta and says, Do you think that if we needed to, we could warn the girl ahead of time? Certainly. I think that that should be plan one when we arrive. I fear she's going to be in the streets later tonight. She might not even know why. She might have an irresistible urge. Well, uh, Sven, you've seen hexes before, yes? Mm-hmm. Hedge witches. Let's go meet with uh, Nichols' priest friend, his other priest friend. Let's learn what we can about this legend. And then perhaps we stake out your girl's house and wait to see what appears tonight. Oh, I thought you put the stake in when they were in the ground. A stake out and a stake in. Yes, Vin, this is exactly the point. As we're walking out of the priest's room, Sven's like, you know, some of this stuff reminds me of what stuff you do to get rid of werewolves. You know, the whole sticking them, nailing them to the ground. Always with werewolves with you, Sven. Well, you know, they they do some fucked up stuff. Did I tell you about the time that I went to hunt a werewolf and it didn't go very well? I think you've told us about it many times. Over and over and over again. Several times. Several in maybe. Every time we're enjoying a nice meal. Look, all I'm saying is he slaughtered an entire village. So uh, I'll uh, assist my uh, fellow society friends in uh, getting us on to the church to speak with this uh, man of the claw. All righty. So you can certainly get together. Are you just going to walk across or are you going to get a um, coach or something? I think walking is a good idea for a mul for multiple reasons. One, even though I've got the resources to afford um, you know, something grander, I think being on the ground, especially now is really important. I would say also we don't want to attract too much attention to ourselves. Correct. So you can head on over 
back the way you came. Um, easiest way to get to the church is um, back through the uh, the square. And uh, as you are passing through, you notice that um, Sven, you will you will recognise uh, coming from what looks like her, coming out of the the butcher shop is the the young girl, teenage girl that uh, you saw in the patisserie and uh, she's got a, a, a bag of something that uh, she's um, presumably purchased um, and is, she's kind of strolling back there's a little little bit of a skip in her step she seems to be in a good mood and she's humming a little little song to herself wait here I, m- I must tell her and her father that uh, yeah I look I, I've got to tell them that they've that what they're dealing with because they I don't think they're going to get any repeat customers with the way we receive the food. So give me a moment and I will inform the poor girl. Are you just going over on your own or is anyone going with you? I would absolutely like to go over with him. Yeah. Okay. The two of you head over and as you as you approach, you, you catch a, a, a little bit of the, the tune she's humming. Father Sorensen, could you make me a learning test, please? I certainly could. I have just a single success. Just a single success. Is that all? Well, that's plenty. This this tune is familiar to you from your youth. Really? Mm-hmm. All right. I will. Um, is it is it a tune I preferred? Well, you thought you did it at the time. Hmm. I see. But maybe now that tune doesn't bring back such pleasant memories. Hmm. I see. Yes, a, a beat or a, a say a, I wouldn't say a chant, maybe, but close. And then you start thinking about your, um, the perspective you had on 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 that uh, that pastry, whether it was a, a hex or not. And you think, mm, well, maybe, maybe not. Maybe it was not being um, turned into something in front of your eyes as you analysed it. Maybe it was reverting back to its original form. Well, that, that's probably a very shocked look. Or a, a slowly growing shocked look on the, the priest's face as Father Sorensen considers, are they giving people people to eat? Well, you, you, you reckon that there was vegetable matter uh, in it as well, so you, you don't think... Well, it's hard to say, but you don't think it's necessarily people in it, but it's certainly not um, sugar and cream and light flaky pastry. Oh, wonderful. So they've nicked half of Sven's garden out back and they're feeding that in as well. And I think as this um, this thought passes through your mind, you can make me a fear test. Ooh, I've never made one. What is that? So for a fear test... You can roll me either logic or empathy, depending on how your character deals with uh, things that are maybe a, a little bit uh, frightening or disturbing. Hmm. Yeah, I think he might opt for logic. Okay, yeah. Rationalize it. Rationalize the fear. Just looking for one success here. Nope. Okay, so you will take one mental condition from this. And this... Ch- this this thought this thought chills you to the bone of the implications of this yeah i, I think the father looks genuinely frightened um, i think he probably slows 
his pace and he gets close to Sven, closer than the father probably normally would. And he says, I, I don't, I don't like this at all. I've heard that tune before. I've heard it hummed before. And I don't think it was ever pastry at all. Um, oh, that's a very good point, actually. Um, Detective Nicol Doppler has reminded me that when you are in the company of your uh, fellow uh, Thursday's children, you get bonus die to your uh, fear tests. So currently you are with Sven. Have the others gone across the square with you, or is it just Sven and, and uh, Father Sorensen together? I would have stayed with the group having learned my lesson. Every time you disappear, I put a bet on you not coming back safely. So initially, I think it was just going to be Sven that was going to go over and have a quiet word with this girl. But uh, have all four of you uh, gone, gone across together? In a small chain? <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, Marta wasn't planning on it. Okay, so you can have uh, another, uh, you can roll another two dice, um, Father Sorensen. Okay, I have one success now. All right. Okay, so we'll we'll we'll, um, we'll backtrack on that one a little bit. I'd, I'd like to leave the comment. I like leave the comment in there. I'll take the condition away, but but the comment I think would still be the same. He'd still be. You can still be chilled to your core, but you haven't been struck by fear. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I I'd like to, if I can, quicken my pace a little bit, um, and try to catch up to her. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. She um she becomes aware of uh, the fact that you're heading towards her. Unless you actually kind of stop and speak to her, she she just carries on her way. Uh, excuse me. Uh, we, uh, y- yes. How are you? Uh, I'm well, thank you. And you, Father? Hmm. I'm well. That's a strange tune you're humming. Oh, uh, was I? Uh, I I didn't know. <laughs> oh yes, uh, my 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 mother was, uh, sang it to me when I was little. Ah, wonderful. And you um. Your mother um, works at the patisserie, yes? Mm, my mother and father, yes, they, uh, they own it. Uh, and, well, uh, you know, they, um, we, we, we rent it. Is this the word? Yes, rent? Yeah. Yes, yes, splendid, splendid. Can I do something for you, father? Well, I, uh, I turn back a little bit to Sven. Yes, Sven's been coming up behind you. Oh, monsieur, you were uh, in, uh, in, uh, in our shop earlier. Yes, child, I was. We, uh, we wish to speak with you about... Well, Father, you you start to die. We'll let you fit continue. Well, it's the, um... The bread. We? Oui? The bread? Yes, it, um... I was wondering, with the way it was prepared... It, it seems a little different than some of the other breads here. The... the oh, you mean the pastry? Yes. Oh. Uh, it is pastry? <laughs> Are you aware of um, the uh, the other bakery not far from yours that's been getting an awful lot of business? Uh, uh, oh, we oui, we oui, uh, Peterson's. Uh, oui, yes, 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 yes. He's very very popular. Hmm. He seems to be. Yes. Do you remember when that started happening? Um, I think um, maybe month, two months ago, perhaps. Hmm. Well, I look at Sven. I I wonder if it would be possible maybe to speak with your father. Um, we, um, yes, I'm sure. I'm going home just now. He's, uh, he, he's there if you want to speak with him. I think so. And perhaps your mother as well. Mm, just a quick word. Uh, I, I, it's about uh, the, 
the bread, the pastry, or it is. Well, we oui, uh, yes. Um, now, later, I, I don't know. We, oui, please. I extend a hand towards the way she was going. So, um, she carries on. She's not uh, quite as buoyant as she was before uh, bef- before speaking to you. But uh, yeah, she carry- carries on to the shop. Um, shop's still open, but there doesn't seem to be any customers just now. Well, I mean, the last time I knew that there weren't a ton of customers going in and out of that place anyway, so that would fit the bill. Uh, yeah, so I, I think I'll just sort of whisper to, to Sven and say the, the tune she's she was humming. It's, it's something I've heard a long time ago. It's not right. Before you found God? No, Sven, before God found me. And Sven just nods. He's like, I understand. I'm with you at this. So yeah, I'm, I'm very interested as we approach um, to, to get a read on not just the location, but if, if I see her mother working, uh, an older woman, I, I definitely would, I'm definitely going to give her a, a good look over, not in sort of a strange leering way, but I want to make sure that she's not wearing any sort of charms or earrings or necklaces or, or things that might be concealed. Because from, from the father's experience, a lot of a lot of witches wear certain certain things. They adorn themselves with charms and protections. And okay, so who is going into this shop? Um, Nickel and M- Marta, you weren't with the others, but you can see that they've stopped to um, speak with this this girl, and now they all seem to be headed over towards the. Uh, like, well, I think Nickel, were you with Marta? Yeah. And Nickel followed, and Marta throws up her hands. <laughs> thinking, I thought we were going to go talk to a priest about some vampires and now we're following another girl. But then she'll kind of follow at a a little short distance. Is this a freestanding structure, Spike? No, it's a a shop. um, It's part of a row of shops, basically. Is it attached on the left and the right to other buildings? Or is there an alleyway or something? Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, no, it's... it's, um, There is an alleyway um, beside it but not on, not on either side. It's, it's like a row of uh, buildings, and it's one of them, yeah. I'm going to make an eye at Marta. I'm going to point at that alley, and then I'm going to I'm gonna go around the back. I'm going to check it out the back of the, the shop. I'll join Nickel in the alley. Okay. So we have Nickel and Marta sneaking down the alley, and uh, Father Sorensen and Sven, you go into the shop, and uh, there is uh, the gentleman and the, and the lady there. They're... Um, behind the counter basically trying to rearrange pastries looking busy but you get the impression that they are um, not nearly as busy as they'd like to be Uh, and there's a a certain air of um, disquiet to them uh, in that respect in that uh, you know maybe they are are a little bit worried that if they don't get the business they need then they're not going to be able to make the uh, the rental payments and then they'll have to close the business and you can you can kind of tell that this is probably the kind of the thoughts that are going through their heads as they wipe down the counter and rearrange pastries on the shelves but there is also a scent here as well you notice that there's um, dried herbs fruit peel oils scented oils in in the air as, as well as the smell of the uh, the, the baked goods oh certainly so i, I suppose i would look around the sense that they're using and or is do i get a sense that they're very aromatic absolutely you do yeah mm. and so that might be used to say conceal certain smells 
Entirely possible, yes. And there's a kind of a, a nature theme to the place as well, you know, very, very much um, little bunches of dried herbs, um, little, little kind of arrangements of wildflowers and that kind of thing uh, around the place. I'll uh, step forward to the front counter and wait to be addressed just momentarily. Yes, so the the man um, greets you with a, with a smile and says, oh, "Bonjour, uh, welcome, welcome. What uh, what can I get for you, Father?" Uh, welcome. I, I turned and sort of gesture to Sven, who's nearby, and say, "I had a chance to sample some of your um, pastries uh, after Sven here purchased some earlier today." Oh, we oui, oui, you enjoy? I wish I could say. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. They were not to your taste. Uh, I don't know. I don't know whose taste they would be to, to be perfectly honest. And I mean no direct offense, uh, offense to your skill as a baker. I am certain that you are very good at what you do. But I must say that perhaps it is how they are prepared. The cream seems to have been soured when they were made. Oh, uh, well, we only use fresh cream. I, I don't know how that can be, but... Uh, please, please um, uh, take some take t- t- take something in uh, uh, recompense. I, 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 we are very proud of the the, uh, the goods that we uh, we we sell here. I would not like to think that uh, you get a bad idea of, of of our produce. No, I I believe that you are wholeheartedly a good baker. So let me peruse what you have here, and then perhaps I'll make a selection. It's all sort of move left and right but but i want to move in the direction of where his wife is yeah i'm sure so yeah she's she's just kind of to the other side of the of the counter really she smiles at you as you move over towards her i'll just sort of scan what they have here and then i will absentmindedly begin humming a tune all righty you can you and sven can both make me an observation test also i'm going to be moving up to kind of talk to the the father in the family just you know keep him keep him occupied okay i have just one and i have none all right well sven you're chatting away to the father and you don't really notice anything the father seems to be humming a little tune but you father Sorensen, you notice the woman she definitely stiffens slightly when you start humming this tune so i'll uh <laughs> oh this will be creepy i'm gonna level my gaze from the bread and catch her eye and then continue to hum she studiously avoids your eye have you heard that tune um, no I don't think so it's, it's very nice we met your daughter in the street here just on the way and she was humming the same tune it's oh 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 yes we oui, we oui, yeah yes yes I, I I did not recognize it yes it is a um it is a folk folk song from uh, from our home. Hmm. Uh, where where are you from? Uh, we are from a little village just near Paris. You probably will not have heard of it. But we've made a home now in, in Sweden, in, in, in Uppsala. Yes, as many have. It seems there are many, many people coming to Uppsala, which I think is wonderful. I sort of look around. Um, is there anything else here that I... that On her, as I'm a little close to her, is there anything I, I think that she might be using... Uh, perhaps uh, have invested in to keep prying eyes from what's going on. I I don't believe that one could, without some subtle signs of sorcery, 
keep this, well, chicanery going. There has to be something here that is allowing the sort of covert passing of this food. So everything here in the kind of uh, the shop area looks completely above board, exactly how you would expect a uh, a shop of this kind to look. There doesn't seem to be anything uh, untoward and anything unusual about it. But you will know that there's uh, there's a door behind the counter which would lead into the the rear of the shop. There'd be living quarters possibly upstairs, and also you know they'd have a basement. They'd have uh, other rooms to the back of the shop. Yes, I guess Father Sorensen is secretly hoping that someone is doing something about that while he's keeping the people in front busy. Speaking of which, Nickel and Marta, as you come round into the uh, the alleyway behind this patisserie, what exactly is it you're uh, wanting to do back here? Marta, if this is uh, a proper patisserie, which is like a bakery, it should be, it shows signs of a normal business. And if it is a witchcraft patisserie, as the father claims, then uh, I do not know what it will show, but I would not expect normal business trapping. So um, while they are inside bothering the family, perhaps we go and bother the back door. Yes, yeah, so I, I, yeah, I suppose we're looking for signs of witchcraft, aren't we? So I just want to look around. Is there dumpsters? Is there a place for delivery? Are there old sacks of flour? Stuff like that. Yeah, so in, this is a, a back alley, pretty much the same as uh, any other back alley in the city. There are refuse bins, there, there are little sort of tufts of grass, um, and you can both make me uh, investigate skill tests. And uh, I'm looking for two successes here. You might see something that uh, catches your interest. No successes for Marta. I will, of course, pull out my magnifying glass, which gives me a plus one investigation, which cancels out my hopelessness at the entire task that I have. Just one. Would you like to push the roll? Mata, I believe I believe there is something and I'm going to open up the bin and I'm going to step inside of the dumpster and... I'll help. I'll help him in. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, yeah. And my magnifying glass as I try to push this roll. Okay, so everything you rolled that wasn't a six, you can re-roll. And you will take one condition after this, a mental condition. Aha! Two more successes. Splendid. So that's three total successes, and I will be angry, I think. Okay, so you're now both hopeless and angry. But with uh, those additional successes, you do notice something that um, that maybe you wouldn't have picked up if, if you hadn't... Uh, climbed into this this refuse bin and, uh, and sort of started uh, pulling it around. The bin outside the back of the uh, patisserie appears to be considerably less full than the bins around it. And when you look around that kind of area, you get the distinct impression that from the refuse that's kind of, kind of lying around, there's maybe some potato peelings, maybe a, like a, a, a few bones with a, a tiny little bit of uh, meat still clinging to them. You get the distinct impression that somebody has taken refuse from a couple of the other bins, from the, uh, the other shops um, further down the street, and carried them to the back door of the patisserie. 
maybe bits bits and pieces of the refuse have kind of um, fallen out of whatever they've been carrying them in. And there's there's a few few of these kind of lying around the back door of the patisserie. And the patisserie itself, there's no there's no refuse there that you would associate with baked goods. There's no empty flour sacks. You know, there's there's uh, there's no. Um, empty bags that maybe sugar would have come in, that that kind of thing. There's not really any of that there, and you'd expect to find a fair bit there. Oh, Marta. What is it, Nicole? What did you find? That is what we... Did you eat much of the pastry from this shop? <coughs> oh. Mm. oh. I believe the father's correct. We have something here. The pastry, it is garbage pastry, Marta. Is what is what all of these clues point to. They are somehow making their pastries, their beautiful pastries, out of refuse. There's no trappings of, of, of actual baking here. And look at this. Look at this. You can see where they have dragged garbage and bins from the other... Up to the... Is there a back door that I can check a handle on? Mm-hmm. Yep. There is, yeah. I'll do that as... Uh, Mata, I'm, I'm... I'm certain that this is, this is the secret of these pastries that turned to garbage in our mouth. They began as garbage, and in our home, they became garbage. This does partially explain why people were so excited about a new baker in town. Perhaps this has always been this way, or perhaps they've had to become more resourceful since they've lost all of their business. But they deserve it. Deserve to lose their... They feed their people this which is not fit to be eaten. It could provide some sustenance. You tasted it. It was it was spoiled, and, and and you cannot eat that. That that makes you sick. I'm just not sure if this is something that um, that they've resorted to now, or if it is something that has been going on for a long time. Desperate people in desperate times. Amata, you 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 think this might be acceptable behavior? For them to use some sort of, of whatever, I will say witchcraft, is some sort of magics to, to create patisserie from garbage and then send it to sell it to the to us? Is this, this is what you say is okay, then? I'm not saying it's acceptable behavior, but people will do things that aren't acceptable in times that are tough, and rather than losing their patisserie, they have gone through other means to use products that would normally not be used to bake. What I'm saying is that this is this is merely a side effect of, of everything else that is going on in town, possibly. I hear what you're saying. You know, I was not as upset about the emotional emotional whatever, thievery happening across the street, because in my head I said this is day-to-day business. Everyone is constantly stealing emotion and energy from others and giving it to others. It, it did not seem different. I, I, I can see how what you're saying here is, is a similar. This is no different than any other business. I am upset about eating their garbage. I will, I will tell you that is honest. I am very upset about this, but, but in the grander scheme, you provide context that I can understand your point. Even monsters are merely trying to live their lives. So now I believe maybe our only master is the one that killed the girl in the alley. Because even if she did die in, in, in joy, pleasure, however, she is still murdered. Yes, whereas we did not die from these pastries. 
Well, we could have, but you're right, we didn't. We will see tomorrow morning if we wish we were dead. But yes, you are right. You are right. Let us see if our compatriots have made any headway bullying the witch family. All right, well, you can make your way back out of the alley and around into the street. And once you get into the the actual kind of more um, wider street there, you can see that there seems to be some sort of a, a commotion going on. There's another one of these confrontations appears to be going on in the square. Doesn't appear to be as as um, large a scale um, as when you were there before, but it looks like there's a, a few of the, uh, the, the there's a couple of police officers there, and it looks like they're um, asking questions of some of the uh, some of the workers in, in the area, and they don't seem to be being, being particularly uh, subtle or um, pleasant to, about it. Now you've seen this sort of thing before; you're aware of this thing, sort of thing goes on, but uh, it doesn't make it any less uh, any less enjoyable to. Doesn't make it any more enjoyable to see um, actually face to face the way that the police treat these people. It's you know with contempt, um, nothing more. Back in the patisserie, Sven and uh, Father Sorensen, you, you can hear there. There does appear to be a little bit of some something of a little bit of commotion going on out in the square. Yes, yes, it's almost like the pastries became literal garbage. It's uh, very weird. I think you've been cursed. Well, how do, do you think what curse us? I don't know. Do you have any enemies? Not that we know of. Uh, we make friends here. We, uh, we like it here. Mm-hmm. Tell me, did you bring any... Did you bring any customs from your your home? Um, any religious practices? Um, things of um, folklore? I sort of... I don't gesture directly at at his wife, but um, I, I, I suppose maybe you know we, we um, bring a little bit of France with us when we come to Sweden. But you know we we, we try to um, be like the people here. We try to fit in. We, we try to make friends. Um, the people here have been very uh, hospitable. Have been uh, very gracious and. Uh, our, our our business it took a it took a while for to get all the licenses we needed and to uh, and to get the, the, the trade I put out lots of uh, in you know leaflets and, and that uh, to tell people. Well, I'll tell you this: I don't think that if you are if someone has maligned you, I don't think it's I don't think it's your fault. I don't see that you've done anything wrong, but something wrong. Uh, yes. The damned noise outside. Uh, if you'll excuse me. Well, um, um thank you, Father. Um, uh, please, please come, come again and enjoy. You kind of put it. I, I, you have, uh, you may. These, these are f- uh, from us. A gift. She puts a couple of um, eclairs and into a little bit of a shoe pastry. And- Certainly, I'll take the eclairs and not think of what they God could be made of. And they they watch you as you you leave the the shop. Maybe the the wife watches you for a little bit longer. Possibly slight apprehension in the, in her expression. Yeah, not too sure about her yet, but um, her husband seems like a decent fellow at least. And you can join up with Marta and Nikon as they're coming around in, down the street of the alley and 
this this commotion, slight commotion in the square seems to be it seems to be um, not uh, not reaching the stage where it's likely to get violent or anything like that. It's just you know, there's a, a little bit of uh, ill will on both sides towards the other, really. I'll uh, approach Nickel. So? And Nickel is still in the alley a little bit when he saw the police activity. He sort of would step back, um, obviously suspiciously, you know, hiding from the police. We, uh, Marta and I did investigation and... The pastries are made out of garbage, but Marta says that's okay because they are very resourceful and skilled at their garbage making pastries. Garbage. Well, the refuse of others' shops, it would seem. But can you blame them? They have no business. Their entire business has been stolen by the bakery to make ends meet. Possibly they've had to resort to witchcraft and other means. I look at the eclairs that she's given me. They seem fine. I crack one open. A little apprehensive. Yeah, it doesn't look like there's anything wrong with it. I take just a bit of my uh, index finger and taste it. Yeah, yeah, it tastes like cream, fresh cream. This is fresh. These are fine. Now give it a second and see what happens uh, over time. Oh. The, the pastries we carried back to the castle, they obviously degraded. Well, what, what if it's what if it's not time? What if it's distance? Well, we'll keep them on us and we'll uh, experiment. Look, once we drive this vampire bakery out of business and out of town, then we'll get rid of the French witch bakery if they continue to use witchcraft. It's it's, it's likely not an intent of harm, but only a means of survival. Uh, no, no, no. But listen, one bakery is thriving and the other is failing. If there is nothing wrong, I gesture with the eclairs suggestively. Hmm. There's nothing wrong with these baked goods when they come out of the shop, but suddenly when you pass beyond them, they get bad. Then there has to be something that has been placed on that shop, some sort of hex or spell. And it would be easy to look at the one bakery which is thriving, which has a a counterman who's already a bit of a of a subject, and determine that He's looking for more customers. He wants more people to come to the shop so he can pull whatever energy he needs from them. What he needs is a cue. And he doesn't have it when there are fine French pastries not but too far away. Father, we did an invest, a thorough investigation and a point down at all my trash-covered clothing. What is being done here is... is is being done intentionally. They are dragging and, and carrying garbage from other places into their shop to produce these pastries. And they are not creating waste out of the creation of pastries within the shop. It is very A plus B equals C, where C is garbage. Father Sorensen, in, in your understanding of the way of these things, it's not usual for something that has been transformed in such a way to degrade and revert. Certainly not um, in a matter of hours. And it would be crazy for uh, a patisserie to um, expect nobody to notice this. Yeah, that's what I... That's Not only that, but if this food was degrading... And becoming less than, not only, not just less than 
edible. It, it's it's foul. The, the food is foul in some way. It, there would have been people banging on the city council or other people shut the place down. That's what doesn't make sense to Father Sorensen is if this was the case, then there, there wouldn't be in business anymore. Exactly. Someone is keeping them alive. So something is keeping their business going, right? I mean, it does look like their business is starting to fail. Yeah. All right, well. We can scientifically test this, Father, because both distance and time is exactly what is necessary for us to go talk to our Russian priest. All right, then. Let's speak with him uh, before we, uh, well, before we surveil the girl. No, we also have to surveil that boy. We're going to have to split up then. There are only so many eyes. Eight in total, if I count correctly. Well, seven and a half. So you can head from where you are now, across the square, and Nicole, you can show them the way. It's uh, middle of the afternoon now, and the uh, the streets are, are slightly quieter. And the way over, I'll mention the, the hubbub that occurred outside the church just to let them know this police activity is happening all over the all over the city so the couple of uh, police officers and the the workers that were having this disagreement they, they seem to have gone their separate ways now um, with a, you know, a, a rather you know, a few f- fairly terse words um, thrown in each other's directions but um, you can pass unmolested to the to the small church. Um, just north uh, of the square. And, Nicola, you've been here before, but the others will, will see firsthand the poverty in which these, these people live. They are really, hand-to-mouth is, is a fairly um, fair summation of how these people exist. They have, they have nothing but the clothes they stand up in, most, mostly, maybe a few odds and pieces. A lot of them have travelled long distances to get here searching for a, a better life searching for hope searching for a positive future um, but what they've what they found is maybe not what they had uh, hoped for and as you arrive at the, the church you can see that the uh, the father father Trusser is outside he's he's talking to a couple of people he's kind of got his hand on a, on a shoulder of a, of a man who seems to be standing his, his, his head down shaking his head and you get the feeling that the the father is, is is comforting a man who feels like the hope in there he may have had in his life has evaporating here this is this is not the promised land that uh, he, he he had strived for that he journeyed so far to come to and the father sees you um, arriving and uh, he, he greets you, Nico, and the rest of you, you see this man, he's wearing a, a, a standard uh, a Russian Orthodox priest's outfit, and he uh, doesn't look like a, it's a particularly um, well-decorated one. It's very, very simple, this. You know, this is, this is a man who lives the same life as the, uh, the people he's, that he tends to, and he greets you when you arrive and says, Ah... Mr. Doppler, these are your friends you spoke of, yes? Indeed, I'll introduce you to the the society that has taken up residence at the castle. We are here to continue our discussion, Father. Yes, well, um, you better come inside. I'm 
I will be uh, preparing this evening's service, uh, but uh, I have uh, I have some information that uh, may be of value to you and maybe shed a light on just exactly what is going on here in this this city. Good, thank you. Good, good, good. Thank you. It is a confusing and complicated city indeed. And we also have things to share and maybe uh, putting our heads together will give us new avenues to explore. Well, come inside and sit down and uh, let us talk on it. And I think there is where we shall end for today. So thank you, everyone, for joining us for the Vason Mystery, the Friend, the Fiend, and the Shadow of the Night. 